This is Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. Summer is here, and for some that means hitting the beach and kicking back with a good book. Today, we dive into the pages of some of the most popular books of summer, from frothy beach reads to multi-layered historical fiction, quirky romance, poetry, and an eco-thriller that may feel familiar to Floridians. Kelsey Jagneau is senior bookseller with Tombelow Books in St. Petersburg. She joins us to talk about the latest bestsellers, local authors including Alicia Thompson and Tyler Gillespie, and some of the most anticipated books of the summer from authors like Colton Whitehead. We'll also chat about Florida's literary scene and the role independent bookstores play in the arts. Plus, the influence of book talk and bookstagram, and how a ravenous fantasy fanbase turned one particular novel into a collector's item. And a note, Tombolo Books is one of WUSF's sponsors. Well, Kelsey, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having us. Let's start with some of the summer bestsellers. What's popular at Tombolo right now? Emily Henry. Um, I think that name kind of like sparks for everyone. Um, she came out with a new book really recently. I think it was earlier in April. And it's kind of just carried through the last couple of months. There's been a lot of hype around it. Um, mm-hmm. She's, you know, one of those quintessential kind of like beach reads I think with this last book I feel like she's maybe moving a little bit more away from not away from romance but like moving a little bit more into generalized fiction but her books just anytime we get uh, a new Emily Henry book it's just like a mad rush to the bookstore so Happy Place is her latest one right and I gather from the description that Happy Place is there's there's some irony there right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah You know, anytime an an author comes out with a new book and it's someone who's really popular, the booksellers kind of gather around and sort of talk about like the trajectory of this author. And we've been sort of talking about Emily Henry's trajectory as one that we've seen start very solidly in that contemporary romance genre and sort of move into into like more serious, less like lighthearted subject matter and sort of dealing with a lot of life gravity in her books as she's continued to write. I think you see that a lot within the romance genre right now. There's some really awesome romance writers doing some really great things in the genre right now. One of them, our local author, uh, Alicia Thompson, who I sent you uh, that book with love for Cold World. It's her sophomore novel, romance novel, and we're really excited we get to launch that book. Alicia has been such a huge supporter of the bookstore, and we had an incredible launch for her first book, Love in the Time of Serial Killers. And so (laughs) we're really excited about With Love from Cold World. Her books have been like taking off and it's so cool to see. And that's an interesting looking title with Love from Cold World. It's it's another romantic comedy and it's set in a fictional theme park in Florida. Just tell us a little more about the the setting and the storyline. It's set in this like winter wonderland in the in central Florida in Orlando. And it's sort of this curmudgeonly young woman who loves her job, but sort of has a cynical outlook on the world, I guess. And then this sort of golden retriever, as you would call it, um, man who, you know, sort of digs into her. And, you know, I think it becomes this sort of like enemies to lovers kind of relationship. And I know we've had some booksellers who've read this book as well, and they've just really, really loved it. And I'm looking forward to digging into it really soon, too, because we're going to be launching the book, as I said. But Alicia has such like a dry humor about her that translates really well into her writing. And um, she's really masterful about that dry wit. And if I know Alicia, I'm sure there's more than one either like Paramore or Taylor Swift reference in this book. So that's always a crowd pleaser. (laughs) 
back to the bestseller list, Trust by Hernan Diaz, mm-hmm. won the Pulitzer Prize, set in 1920s New York. Tell us a little more about this one. Yeah, so this book is really layered. And prior to it winning the Pulitzer, it had caught the attention of our owner, um, our one of our co-owners, Alsace. She just absolutely loved this book and raved about it. So it had already kind of been a book that was selling really well for us. And then obviously when a book wins such a notable prize like a Pulitzer, it takes off as well. And so this book is very layered, a lot of really interesting social commentary about whose stories get to be told and who's telling those stories. All of the folks who have read this book have just come in and been like, what a mind-blowing puzzle of literature, basically. And so we've had a really good time hand-selling that book to people and talking about it with folks and stuff like that. And it winning this prize has just exacerbated its popularity. So we were really excited when that one took the gold. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in this list, and this is just a small sampling of what you've got in your bookstore. How do you go about divvying up who reads what so that you know what it is you're selling you can kind of talk um, to your customers about it yeah that's a good question we're pretty diplomatic about it all we you know it's not even that we're like required to read any sort of anything we all kind of have our genre that we're very um passionate about or like our little niches within genre and stuff like that but really what i think it is is that us as booksellers really enjoy talking to each other about books. So we obviously can't cover the expanse of the store and read, you know, even a small portion of what comes through the store. And then also trying to keep up with, you know, all the new books that are coming in because we get advanced copies from publishers too. So we want to stay ahead of the game so that we know what's coming out. But just talking to each other, chatting about books that we love, why we liked this book, you know, who we think would want to read this book, like knowing our customer base, knowing who our readers are, you know, there are a lot of times a book will come in and I might not have any plans on reading it, but I'll read the description of it or read a little bit about it or a review of it and be like, oh, I know the exact customer that would love this book. And the next time that they come in, I can't wait to show this to them. Blue Skies by T.C. Boyle is an eco-thriller. And I'm just reading a little bit from the blurb here. It's set in a waterlogged and heat-ravaged coastal America and the characters are struggling to adapt to a new normal in which once-in-a-lifetime natural disasters happen once a week and drinking seems to be the only way to cope. Uh, That seems kind of familiar, I think. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely definitely touched on something there that is um, not so distant (laughs) to us, I believe. He was so cool. Um, We had the opportunity to host him at the store for an event uh, for this book. He chatted with another one of our local authors, Craig Pittman, um, who is equally as incredible. And so T.C. Boyle came in and, uh, you know, read from the first chapter of the book. And this was another Alsace picked this one up, read it and just fell in love with it. And it's been one of those books that she hasn't been able to stop talking about this summer, which is really cool. And being able to have him here at the store and have him in St. Petersburg was like an awesome opportunity. So um that book is a, you know, a little bit satirical, but also touches on some really, really timely <laughs> uh, themes of environmentalism and things like that. But of course, does it in this sort of anything that's kind of set in and around Florida tends to be a little bit of tongue in cheek kind of kind of situation. A woman who has this snake that she wears around her neck as jewelry is a big like python and the python gets lost and it sets off this like chain of events that, you know, 
um, takes her to California as well. And her family is a bit quirky and um, eccentric. And it kind of just marries all of that together in the way that really T.C. Boyle can only do. So there's also a- another book you mentioned in here in the summer bestseller list, The Nature Machine by... Mm. Tyler Gillespie I think and the cover has a picture of what looks like a hummingbird flying into the mouth of an alligator is this also a Florida themed book it absolutely is Tyler is a Florida native a St. Pete native and a lot of his work centers around Florida and his growing up in Florida that cover of that it's actually a poetry collection um the cover of that poetry collection is one of the coolest covers I've seen this year so um yeah I love that you mentioned that But Tyler's poetry, we just have this wealth of incredible local poets, writers here in St. Petersburg and in the Tampa Bay area. Tyler is one of them. This poetry collection is a little bit more experimental, I guess, in that he was thinking about technology and nature versus the machine sort of thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of them center around his life in Florida. A lot of them center around his personal life. Um, It's very confessional type poetry but we had we were able to launch this book too and his reading was just absolutely beautiful and so yeah if you if you haven't read anything by Tyler I would definitely encourage it he also has this really great essay collection called the thing about Florida which I absolutely loved and um, I'll talk about it at any chance I get so he's he's a local author that's you should definitely pick up how well does poetry do is it to sort of depend on people being able to see the poets um, read their stuff in public or are there poets like do you get a lot of people asking about certain poets yeah we have a, ro- a pretty robust poetry section and then we break that out into florida specific poetry too at the store and i would say poetry does really well for us obviously having a poetry reading is always a plus because hearing the poet talk about their work and read their work we are really lucky we work i get to work very closely and the bookstore gets to work very closely with st petersburg's poet laureate gloria muñoz who is an absolute powerhouse in this city she writes incredible poetry but she is so community-minded and so driven to create space for poets and writers to come and share their work And we've done a poetry series with her for about a year now where it's been pretty consistent about once a month where we host this poetry reading with her and invite different poets from around Florida. We've had some poets from outside of the state too, but it's mostly showcasing local poets who have collections coming out. And it's been really successful and really very fulfilling project to work on with someone like Gloria, who's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Through the Grove by Anne Hull. It's an autobiography, also set in the Disney World area of Central Florida. Tell us a little bit more about this one. I just recently finished this book, and my gosh, it was a beautiful memoir. Um, There's a really great New York Times uh, review out right now, and there's also a really great uh, review by the the Tampa Bay Times by Colette Bancroft, who will be interviewing Anne for our event out in November. So everybody sign up for that and come hang out with us to hear more about this from the author herself. But yeah, it's this coming of age memoir set against the backdrop of um, Central Florida and the Orange Groves at the time where the Orange Groves were really flourishing out in Central Florida. But even more than that, it's very much this young child's perspective of her family in its sort of deterioration. Her father is pretty troubled and her mother is kind of trying to just hold 
this family together. And you're seeing all of this through this child's perspective and being the child's perspective. And then it's also a story about her sort of coming to understand herself more, her identity, her sexuality. It's a 200 page memoir, but it just packed such a punch. And I think it's going to be a book that people are going to really be talking about a lot over the next, you know, the rest of the year. It was just one of the more beautiful memoirs that I've read in a really long time. There's also Julie Buckner Armstrong's Learning from Birmingham. It's described as a, a journey to unravel the standard Birmingham narrative. Now, what can you tell us about the book and the author? Dr. Armstrong is a local professor out here at USF, and she is a longtime friend of the bookstore as well. But uh, this book is a cross between history and memoir. So it's got that sort of like personal tinge of her family's history. Yeah, and Julie grew up in Birmingham, sort of on the cusp of the civil rights movement and when all of that was happening. And this is sort of like a retrospective, her looking back on that time in her life when she goes home and is taking care of her mother, goes back to Birmingham, is taking care of her mother in her um, her illness and just sort of reflecting on all of the things that she didn't, um, either didn't learn or didn't realize whenever she was younger living in Birmingham. And now as someone who sees things through adult eyes and someone who, um, you know, studies history and things like that, sort of wanting to really focus in on the local history of Birmingham, um, kind of take the magnifying glass and really zoom in and pull that sort of personal touch um, through her family's history as well. Another event that we're doing out in September with this author, uh, she's going to be interviewed by uh, Eric Deggins from NPR. And so that's going to be a really incredible conversation that I think folks are going to want to come by for. That's um, September 6th, I believe. Memories of a Tuskegee Airman nurse and her military sisters. What makes this book stand out? Or what, what makes this one something people are going to want to read? This is a this is another local author. This book is sort of part memoir, part history, but it's focused on Pia's mother, who was a nurse at the Tuskegee Airmen base. So she was nursing future Tuskegee fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. And her mother, after the war, didn't really talk about this history. And it wasn't really until she passed away that Pia, being her only child, was going through her apartment and going through her things and found a scrapbook full of her mother's photos and um, memories from that time period in her life. And Pia just said, this has to be told. Like, this is a part of history that's so important and it needs to be shared with the world. And so I think that, you know, that she is here in St. Petersburg and um, is willing to share her mother's story with us is very special. Mm -hmm. And Pia is also a retired journalism and communications professor. So there seems to be a bit of a theme here. You've got quite a lot of folks from the world of journalism, either still practicing journalism or, or recently involved in the bookstore one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we, you know, and I don't know if this is something that we just know so keenly because we work in this field. But I, I think people sometimes are a little bit surprised about like the wealth of writers and like journalists, writers, poets, just playwrights. I mean, St. Petersburg is such a hub for literature and for 
um, creativity and arts. And I mean, I know when we think St. Petersburg, we think of like the murals and we think of um, sort of like the visual arts in that way. And that is also something that we're so lucky to be a part of in this in this city. But the literary arts are really just so vibrant here. And it's just such a strong sort of community of these people who are also so generous with their time and with their willingness to share their work with other people. So again, I just feel lucky to be part of that. You're listening to Florida Matters. We're talking summer reads with Kelsey Jagneau of Tombelow Books. After the break, we'll discuss one of the most anticipated books of the summer and how social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram are turbocharging some writers' careers. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. We're talking with Kelsey Jagneau, senior bookseller at Tombolo Books, about the summer's bestsellers, local authors, and what new releases people are craving. Jagneau also explains how social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram can help create huge demand for an author's work. There's a stack of other books that you're excited about, and a couple of them go back a little bit to fairly recent history, I guess, in the United States. One of them is set in 1970s New York. The other one's set in 1970s Pennsylvania. Let's talk about Crook Manifesto. It's the second in the Harlem trilogy by Colson Whitehead. And it's one of the most anticipated books of the summer, according to the Washington Post, NPR and others. Tell us about this one. Yeah, so we're always a little bit buzzy about a new Colson Whitehead title. Underground Railroad and The Nickel Boys have remained two of our best-selling books. Nickel Boys set here in Florida, Underground Railroad being a little a more of like speculative fiction title by him. But Crook Manifesto, yes, it's set in Harlem and it sort of follows this one man and his family who it's a guy kind of trying to come out of uh, the life, I guess. He's a fence. And so he's trying to sort of pull himself out of that life, but kind of keeps getting sucked in. And then really, I think a portrait of the community in Harlem in the 70s and sort of this ever-changing landscape in that neighborhood in New York, because obviously the 70s, there's a lot going on in the world, but in New York and in Harlem specifically with counterculture and uh, racial strifes and things like that. So I think Colson Whitehead is going to, he usually does knock it out of the park. So we're we're excited about this book. And I, we know a lot of our readers are really looking forward to it as well. And it's had a prominent place. We have a pre-order wall um, right behind the registers at the bookstore. And it's had a prominent place on the pre-order wall. And uh, this next one that I think you were mentioning, the um, he- James McBride, Heaven and Earth Grocery Store, also has been featured pretty prominently on the pre-order wall because it's our other co-owner, Candace. It's one of her favorite books of the year so far. She read an advanced copy of, on it, and she's just been singing its praises ever since. And it's a uh, it's a book that takes place in a small community where African-American community members and Jewish community members sort of live in this area. And so basically about like their relationship in this small community and sort of how white supremacy affects them both in different ways and how the white community members sort of are affecting this community and how those two communities pull together, I guess. And Candace can't stop talking about it. And when Candace can't stop talking about a book, you know, it's going to be good. There's also the postcard by Anne Barrest, historical fiction that revolves around a heroine who's trying to find out more about family members who are killed in the Holocaust. What else can you tell us about this one? 
I finished this book really recently and we had a couple of other booksellers who've read it now. It was just, it was incredible. In my previous life, I guess, I am a Holocaust historian. And so I tend to sometimes avoid books about the Holocaust because I, you know, I studied it for so long. I deep dived in it for so long, but this one caught my eye and it was just such a beautiful meditation on a third generation. So it was the granddaughter, Anne, who is writing, it's fiction, but she's writing about her family. So this is very much auto fiction. Anne, who her grandmother was a, a Holocaust survivor and her grandmother's family all died in, very tragically in the Holocaust. But Anne just sort of meditating on what her identity means, like what it is to be Jewish and how being a Holocaust survivor has sort of like marked her mother's life and her life now and how it will mark her daughter's life and how the surge in anti-Semitism in France and globally really has affected that and what it means to be Jewish in the modern age. And so it was just so beautifully written and so thoughtfully researched and constructed. So it was kind of a breakout for us too. And I think it got, I mean, it got some really great reviews globally and it's very, very popular in France. So it's from one of our favorite publishing imprints, Europa, who does a lot of translated work. So whenever it's a Europa title, I'm usually like, yeah, I'll definitely read that. I like a good, I like a good book in translation. And so, yeah, the postcard was really, can't recommend it enough. It's definitely one to pick up. And then there's a book called Yellow Face. It's by R.F. Kuang. It's a novel that grapples with questions of diversity, racism, and cultural appropriation as well as the terrifying alienation of social media. Yeah, so we're excited about this one. RF Kuang is one of our our booksellers, one of our favorite authors. She writes typically in the fantasy genre, and the Poppy War trilogy is a favorite amongst a lot of our booksellers. But she pulled back from fantasy a little bit with this one, and it's this satirical look at the publishing industry and sort of how how cultural appropriation has affected the publishing industry. I'm really excited about this and I haven't read it yet because we're reading it for my book club that I co-host with another one of our uh, booksellers, Rachel Knox. But Yellowface, yeah, it's been a very anticipated book uh, sort of like in the publishing world for a while. And I'm just really looking forward to reading reading it. And I think it has some really, for, for like my profession and for like the literary world, it has some really interesting commentary about a lot of things that are being talked about in our industry right now about whose stories get to be told, who gets to tell stories for whom, and just cancel culture as well. I think she's got a lot of interesting commentary about cancel culture in there and how we decide who, what, when, and where within literature. Is there a genre or a book this year that's more popular than others? Oh, that's a good question. We're a pretty heavy fantasy sci-fi store, I would say. We have a lot of really like ravenous fantasy readers and our fantasy book club is one of the most well-attended book clubs that we have in the store. And I would say we're still seeing the surge of like Sarah J. Moss, who's written a couple of different fantasy series, the Court of Thorns and Roses, Court of Mist and Fire, the Akatar series, as it's known as. And then she has the Throne of Glass series as well and her Crescent City series. And we just can't seem to keep those on the shelf. <laughs> it's been a couple of years now and those just still fly fly off the shelf. Um, but we recently had, and this is this is actually kind of interesting because it's, it's sort of the way that the book industry has changed, I think, 
I'm not sure if you're familiar with like BookTok or Bookstagram. So BookTok and Bookstagram is sort of where it, they live on Instagram and TikTok. And it's kind of where people go and just sort of talk about books and review books. And every now and then you'll get a book that just catches fire on these platforms. And we've experienced it really recently with a book called Fourth Wing. And that book, its first print out had these really nice stenciled edges around the book. It was like this black stenciling and then there were like dragons stenciled into the side of the black edges. And they immediately sold out. Book Talk, Bookstagram picked it up, like flew with it. Everybody wanted to read this book. And then the first run, the first print wasn't, you know, they didn't print enough books in the first print because they didn't really anticipate it, I guess. And there, you couldn't find the books anymore. Well, the first edition run of that book was the only ones that had the stenciled edges. So the second edition is just the plain white pages. And so we've had so many people call the store and be like, do you have the stenciled edges? Where are they? Can we get the stenciled edges? And we're like, no, I'm so sorry. That was only in the first run. And we saw, you know, we were looking around and we saw a couple of different places online that people were like selling the stenciled edge first edition of this book for like a kind of ridiculous amount of money. Mm -hmm. But it just goes to show like the way that the internet and the way that like this connectivity of talking about books and like people being able to connect over books can sort of take an author's work or take a book and just really shoot it out. And like, I'd be interested to talk more with publishers about how they sort of like deal with that in the moment because I haven't I haven't really had the opportunity to do that necessarily, but it, I think it's kind of changed the game in the way that New York Times book reviews maybe had in the past. And now you have TikTok, Instagram, those sort of platforms that can really just make a book that was maybe anticipated to do well, do like leagues beyond what was necessarily um, projected. It seems like it tells you a bit of a story about what people want from books too, right? It's not just enough to maybe have something on an e-reader or read it on your phone like people want the physical thing and if it's a, a beautiful object even more so yeah we have folks who like especially i would say this is very typical of like the fantasy genre i would say is like seeing authors print out special editions of certain books and people even if they have a copy of the book already will get that special edition of it as well it, it's a joke but it's actually kind of not like there's two different hobbies going on here. There's reading and then there's book buying. Um, and those two are separate hobbies sometimes. But yeah, it's really interesting to see like sort of how those those trends like kind of pick up in the book world. And the very positive thing that I take away from it is that physical books are still very, very relevant and very much desired. And that is, um, that's very heartening for a bookseller. The industry is doing great book selling is on, you know, any bookstores are on the rise right now. And we're seeing more pop up every day. And it's just such a joy to watch that and watch readers be excited to come into a bookstore and shop in a physical bookstore and tell us, you know, like, we're so excited to support a local business. And we're so happy that you're here so that I can come in and have this experience. I think that's kind of my takeaway with all of that sort of discussion is that people want to buy books. And we're excited to help them buy books. <laughs> Kelsey Jagno, Senior Bookseller with Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And that's Florida Matters for this week. 
By the way, if you want to hear more from local authors, Florida Matters spoke with two of the winners of this year's Florida Book Awards, Bill Maxwell, who won the silver medal for Florida nonfiction for his book of selected columns, Maximum Vantage, and Gary Mormino, who won gold in that category for Dreams in the New Century. Find those interviews online at wusfnews.org or search for Florida Matters via Facebook or Twitter. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.